Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. One of the most notable monuments in Paris, and in all of Europe for that matter, is the Notre Dame Cathedral. This Catholic treasure is over 800 years old, is located on a small island called the Ile de la Cité in the middle of the River Seine. The building of the cathedral was completed over the course of 200 years, having started in 1163 during the reign of King Louis VII and was completed in 1345. Notre Dame de Paris is a symbol to millions for many different reasons, not just to Parisians, but to many around the world. When in April 2019, a fire broke out at the cathedral, the world watched as the tragedy unfolded and an outpouring of love for the building showed just how much it means to so many people. But it also has a dark side, as it is a place where some people come to breathe their last breath. Dozens of people have taken their own lives at Notre Dame Cathedral, and many others have tried. Both methods used are chilling, brutal, and impossible to understand, and go against the very religious fabric of this church. So what draws people to do this here? Do the ghosts of the past call out to them? How many ghosts choose the cathedral as their home? Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this week's episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we head to Paris, France to see if one of the world's most famous Gothic cathedrals is truly haunted and who are the ghosts that seek sanctuary within its walls. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the centre of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. And 
I'm really afraid to ask this, Anne, but welcome back to the studio just before you go on holidays. Yeah. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Know that you clapped it. <laughs> I did not clap my hands. Oh, you've oh. been having a teeny, teeny weeny little bit of a, a an existential crisis today. Oh, it it started yesterday. Let's let's I'm, unpack I'm this. Having, let's unpack it. I'm Anne. having holiday PTSD. I'm just saying. After the every debacle, t- every of, time. I know, I know. Every time. The Snowy Mountains debacle? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's written in the calendar of humanity. What <laughs> are those books I'm going to wear black on the anniversary of that holiday. <laughs> the Book of the Dead, now what was it called? <laughs> doomsday. The That's doomsday, it, the doomsday book. book, which is, That's it. yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so we got an email yesterday saying that they've had to change the itinerary of our cruise because we're going to New Zealand. And we know that there's been a lot of rain in uh, Auckland and there's flooding and all sorts of things going on. And at first I thought maybe that's what it was. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these poor people don't need to be supporting a cruise industry right now. No. But no, no, that's not what it was. No, 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 no. No P&O no. with no. the Pacific <laughs> Adventure. Yes, I'm going to name and shame you. So originally we had one day at sea and then we were into ports and we were doing ports every other day and, and it was like I had I had a wine and cheese bicky tour lined up <laughs> in Napier. I was gonna go and have my Sauvignon Blanc and my cheeses. Not baby cheeses, but cheeses. Yes. And yes. um I had another one that was lined up in Christchurch and this yeah. is why I picked this cruise because I wanted to go to to Christchurch. You wanted the cheese and pickies. Well, no, the Christchurch one, last time I tried to go there, they had an earthquake and the the ground was liquefying and people's homes were disappearing in in the the earth. It It is New Zealand. (laughs) Yes. Sorry, my voice is rather hysterical. It it is. (laughs) Take it down a notch. So this time, it's because they are going to take the ship into the Bay of Plenty, it's not going to be very plentiful uh, because the hull has not passed inspection to enter New Zealand waters. It's a biosecurity issue because New Zealand has um, very high standards when it comes to biosecurity because we've been to New Zealand a couple of times. It is beautiful. It is absolutely gorgeous. The produce, the people, um, uh, the the farming, they've, they've got no bugs or disease or uh, infestations in there. And they're trying to keep it that way. So these blasted cruise ships that are coming in with barnacles on their hull, they have to get them cleaned. Mm-hmm. Now, they said in the letter that they sent... Clean your barnacles? Yeah, they... <laughs> I don't know what that's like sometimes. Um, They said that they checked the hull a couple of weeks ago and it was fine, but all of a sudden they've got barnacles. So we have to go off the Bay of Plenty and get the hull cleaned, which means they've got to put divers in underneath the ship and scrub it with a toothbrush. Oh, what a rotten job that is. So um, we now will have, instead of one day at sea, we'll have five to six before we hit land Possibly more. No. And they've reversed the whole trip. Oh, so we were starting off can going... Can you imagine the smell of the toilets? Oh, shut up. <laughs> We've got a cabin. We'll just hang our butts over the side. Um, yeah, so they've, they've taken out Christchurch. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no tram tour for me with morning tea and scones, jam and cream. No, that's gone. That's gone, yeah. Um, and they've taken out the one that where I was going to go and have my cheese and bickies and wine. Mm, Auckland. Gone. 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 But I have to say, it was the first time ever I have booked... Uh, 
uh, a what do you call it, a tour through the cruise company. I always book it on land because yeah. it's so much cheaper mm-hmm. um, and they're not gouging the, mm-hmm. the, the local people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. This time I just went, oh, I'm just going to book it through the cruise company. Well, you know, if something goes wrong, then they're, they're going to look after us. Yes. Whereas if it's the other way around, yes. who knows what mm-hmm. happens. So mm-hmm. at least that's taken care of. So, mm-hmm. of course, everyone's now up in arms and there's fights going on on the cruise critic um forums and things and I started one off I couldn't help myself but they have offered us uh, more cocktails <laughs> was it three or four hundred dollars more cocktails four, I can't remember it must be four hundred dollars each of onboard credit mm-hmm. alcohol so we can sort of just numb ourselves while we're waiting to get off the ship mm-hmm. uh, but we already had eight hundred dollars worth of credits because of uh, the issues um, we had with COVID, and, and you know, if you rebook with us, we'll give you mm-hmm. extra credits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I worked out we had one thousand four hundred dollars in credits. So it must be three hundred in credits each. Yeah, one thousand four hundred dollars in credits. Look, surely they can whip up some scones somewhere on the cruise ship. For Probably you. not. Um, it's not keto anyway. So it's <laughs> not the point. Um, and they're giving us twenty five percent of the the cruise cost. Yeah as a voucher for when we cruise again. So we'll get that much off the next cruise. But that's that's not the trauma. <laughs> that's not the trauma of this That's freaking, not the that's trauma? That's not the trauma. Um, because I reckon this cruise is actually going to get there. They're going to try and clean the hull. They're not going to be able to do it, and they're going to have to remove more ports. And I reckon they'll turn around and send us home and then refund all our money, and I'm going to have had a cruise. And we're, I've been taken care of. People are going to feed me and, and look after my room. I'm just going to have to sit around and drink as much as I can for that $1,400 before I get off the ship. Um, but, yeah, as I said, that's not the trauma. What's the trauma? My bloody husband. Oh... Now, Who would have thunk? Yeah, he's been suspiciously quiet leading up to this. Mm-hmm. And because, um, you know, I, I have been traumatised a few times with Holidays with Roman now because... Yes, the Snowy he, Mountains he event. Is, it's not just that one. There's been a few. Um, he's always working and he's always behind and there's never anyone else that can do his job. It's only him. Of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> and he... He's just been sort of quietly cruising along and I'm going, yeah, yeah. And he's working later and later and starting mm-hmm. earlier and earlier mm-hmm. and he's getting home and he's working on the computer. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him thinking there's something not right. So tonight... But, yes, he left it until the last 12 hours. Yeah, to let me know that he might not get on the cruise ship. Oh, no, that's impossible. It's impossible. You will, <laughs> you will knock him out and drag him out of the house. And into the Uber mm. and down to the train station. Mm. You will well, slap see, him down those thing. stairs. I don't think he's coming home tonight. I think he's staying at the office and working until he has to get on the train to go to the airport. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he's out at Cardiff working. So he mentioned something about just going down to the Cardiff train station and catching it from there. He'll meet me on the train. Right. Which means I've got to get our two suitcases and our carry-on stuff down there by myself and I can't book an Uber at the moment there's no way I can book an Uber and then they've sent me all this last minute COVID stuff nobody's warned me about that and I'm going I can't do this I just want to sit in the corner and rock and I've had a migraine all week Mm -hmm. so I'm a whingy pants I'm a cranky bum today (laughs) and to try and get this last freaking podcast done and I've had to put it off a few days because I haven't been able to shake this migraine Mm -hmm. and now that I'm we have to do it tonight because I'm leaving yes. in 12 hours. Yes. Yeah, 12 hours. So yes. it was. if we didn't do this today, we would not have had one on the day that I got back. No. And then I would have been really pissed off, Anne. Yeah, I know. 
no. All right, all right. So You've I'm not prepared. That... I'm really not prepared, but I'm going to give it my best shot. Right. Okay. Well, it's it's Notre Dame. How how hard can it be? Well, I thought that would be a nice, easy one, didn't yeah. I? How how well? It turns out there's lots of ghost stories about the Notre Dame University. <laughs> Not so much the Notre Dame Cathedral. There's well, a couple. Let's see how we go. Yeah, let's let's see. How, look, just do I need breathe. to lower my voice a little yeah, bit? Breathe, breathe. Should I have a shot friend. of vodka? Maybe Polinka. <laughs> let's get on with this story. All right. I've been trying to write this article since Notre Dame Cathedral was ablaze. No, correct that. I've been trying to write this article for more than three decades. I cried when I saw the news a couple of weeks ago. Too many tears for a gothic cathedral I'd only ever visited once. They started when I saw a French man kneeling, keening on the pavement. More tears fell because he was a small portion of a country, even a world in mourning for an 850-year-old building. I began howling, runny-nosed, red-faced, shaking and upset. The tears were out of proportion to the event. Why? I couldn't stop crying for a bigger loss, something more invasive and pertinent to my story. I've always been Catholic. My family dressed us up in our finest like a little house on the prairie to attend Sunday Mass each week. I only ever went to Catholic schools. I still attend church now and then. I keep the faith. I pray every day, even for those who piss me off and those I dislike. I visited big old Notre Dame when I was 22. It was okay outside, but I fell in love with the inside. My mother taught me that whenever we see a church in a different place, we should pay a little visit, light a candle, kneel down and say a prayer. When my friends from the tour bus said they were leaving, I wanted to stay and soak up the holiest of places. Waving goodbye to them, there were at least 50 other people in the church. Their voices echoed in the space. I knelt down and prayed for the plane not to crash on the way back to Australia, that my family and friends would be happy and healthy and probably wealthy. I prayed God would protect the people around me and keep them from harm, even if we hadn't met yet, that the hungry had enough to eat, that the poor would survive, that there would be no more wars, and that my boyfriend would be so madly in love with me that we would get married and have an over-the-top wedding with me in a huge white marshmallow dress. Hmm, selfish but I was in my early 20s, and I am being honest here. I heard a small sound, opened my eyes and turned around, wondering if I was in trouble for prostrating myself directly in front of the grandest of altars. There was no one there. Could say not a soul, but I didn't believe the latter. Amazing silence. I was the only living being inside Notre Dame. It was glorious, cavernous. I felt like dancing, whirling and spinning, touching everything, feeling all the emotions I could feel immersed in great religious art, history and architecture. 
gorging on it all. I was choking down the untamed sensory experiences I'd been offered. Just me. All on my own. I thanked God in another prayer. That's when an icy breeze touched my neck. I was spooked. I knew it wasn't God, Jesus or the Holy Spirit. All the doors were closed. I saw nothing different from before, but I felt everything change. Not one ghost. It seemed like thousands and thousands of dead people. Really. You can stop reading now. I'm fine with that. I needed to write this for me. Like, I need to drink and eat and sleep and... You know what I mean. Notre Dame seemed overcrowded with spirits. I saw smooth pews, sheets of marble, paintings, golden statues, the opulence of a house dedicated to the glory and praise of God. I was alone, but not alone. Notre Dame was packed with ghosts that were long dead, lingering spirits of those killed while building this church of churches. I felt they were all staunch Catholics who whirred about unseen as well. Surrounded, I tasted dust. Oh, that was good. And I have to thank you for that, Renata, that because good. the one I was going to read was a bit more gory and gruesome, yes. which we need to put a warning about a little bit later on. Yes. But thank you. That There's actually a little bit more to that, which mm-hmm. um, hopefully I'll be able to, to read a bit more. Mm. Yes, yes. So where was that from? Um, I'd have to have a look. I, I did... Do some vicious scrolling. Oh, there this, it is. This Teresa Ralston um, on medium.com. Mm-hmm. There you go. Awesome. Thank you, medium.com. Yeah, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Teresa. Um, yes, this, this brought up a whole lot of stuff for me um, as I was about to come over and do this with you in that it reminded me of all the churches we saw on one of our trips and it just became um, a, another bloody church tour. Yeah, that's not what my <laughs> um, my husband used to call that when we went somewhere. I think it was Adelaide, another effing church yeah. because they were just everywhere. Yes, and um, the first one was okay. The second one was okay. But by the third and fourth, I was getting very angry um, because the churches were just getting bigger and more opulent and more more wealth being uh, yeah, shown everywhere more ostentatious yeah. more out of this world more, more jewels more gold more gold more statues more more artifacts marble more higher thrones more and altar boys yes more <laughs> <laughs> more internal graves you know more everything and you just you got to a point where you go oh Bloody hell. I thought they were supposed to be feeding the poor and helping the poor. What the hell? Yes. Well, no. No? Yes. Yes. But anyway. (laughs) Anyway, so we kind of of made a bit of a pact that we said that when we go overseas, it will not be any more churches. No more churches. No more cathedrals. Did we make a pact? Except for maybe one or two. But we're not going to overdo things by going to too many 
cathedrals anymore. I think I've done well, my do bit you know of cathedrals. What? I wouldn't mind going to see Notre Dame. I have not been there. I have. Mm, you have. I yes. Have. Uh, and what were, did you think? Were, that was scaffolding up all around oh. it because they were working on it. But uh, um, oh, the inside was just stunning. The stained glass and mm-hmm. and uh, it was just beautiful. Um I, my biggest memory of it is my son outside of Notre Dame when we were trying to get some photos in front of the Notre Dame Cathedral. And he was only four at the time. Uh, and we had been looking at little souvenir shops mm-hmm. and we wanted to get an Eiffel Tower for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was buying because my dad took us on the trip. And he found two of these little uh, Eiffel Towers and one had a pencil sharpener in it. And one didn't. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he wanted the one with the pencil sharpener in it, um, mm-hmm. Alex, my son. Mm-hmm. And Granddad said, oh, he's only four. What's he going to use a pencil sharpener for? This is like a couple of francs cheaper. Let's get him this one. My son had a meltdown <laughs> about the fact that he got the one that did not have the pencil sharpener in it and had the hugest tantrum in right in front of Notre Dame. And I've got a photo. My dad still got the photo of him standing there, tears streaming down his face, looking as miserable as all hell because he didn't get his pencil sharpener. I see. He had... Do you he know, knows what's important in life. We went and found him a pencil sharpener, a, a, not a, what do you call it, a Eiffel Tower with a pencil sharpener uh-huh. in it. He didn't care by the time we got it. Yeah. I still have that pencil sharpener <laughs> to this day <laughs> as a memory mm. of um, him doing that out the front of Notre Dame. There you go. Beautiful <laughs> memories. Beautiful family memories, memories. people. Memories. Yeah. Okay, so let me tell you about some of the history here. Mm. So, of course, churches and grand churches and grand cathedrals like this um, over in Europe uh, are centuries old and they are often made up of a mixture of different architectural styles. And that is because it can take, like this one, 100 or 200 years to finish the bloody thing. And in that time, you have kings murdered and um, you know, different reigning monarchs different who want religions. to change things, different <laughs> religions. Oh, let's make up a religion because I don't like that one. That doesn't let me have multiple wives. Yeah, that won't let me marry again. That let's make, make one up. <laughs> so let's make one up. I'm a king. I can do what I like. <laughs> That's Stuff right. you all. That's right. Um, and, of course, you know, you have disasters like floods and things which ruin, you know, churches. And so there, are, Notre Dame is... Exactly like that. It's made up of a whole lot of different styles with bits and pieces that are added on as time goes on. Um, And, you know, it is set upon a site which had multiple churches prior to Notre Dame. Yes. Funny about that. Funny about that. What was the first one, Renata? Oh, I'll get to that. Okay, you, you've got that. your plan. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. I'm all excited yes, so to because, start taking a dump. Yeah, before <laughs> before the uh, Notre Dame, there was a Carolingian church. Oh, I think my I husband might like that one. Is yeah, that the Carolingian? No, 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 no. Carolingian. Oh, Carolingian. Right. Okay. Carolingian, and I tried. I looked up what Carolingian is, and of course, it's it's a, a Christian religion, um, and it was. Uh, mm, in the Frankish kingdoms, 
uh, which they wanted to unite by faith and worship in Christ. Christ, And, of course, the Christian missionaries, bless the Christian (laughs) missionaries, would go out um, across the lands and convert as many people as they could. Or you can die. Yeah, or you can die. Got a choice. (laughs) Let's not say... You will go to hell if you die, so you might as well convert. Let's not say that they weren't giving people a choice. There was always a choice. Absolute freedom, yes. yes. But then the Vikings came in in the ninth century. the Vikings. (laughs) When stuff you. Get rid of that one. Uh, And before that, there was a Merovingian church that stood on the site. Merovingian? Merovingian. That sounds like a nice pizza. Yes, the Merovingians. Um, Yeah, there's a little bit of history about that but never mind we, that's going to take I've got 11 pages we, can, we won't go there but oh, it's alright I don't have a lot of ghost stories believe it or not so keep going but Notre Dame was initially built on the ruins of a once pagan city <gasps> surprise <laughs> <laughs> let's steal another one we've got all your special festivals we've claimed all of them let's take your temples too <laughs> And pretend they're ours. Yes, yes, we were here first. Mm, Get rid of all of that. So, built on the Gallo-Roman city of Lutetia, the foundations of Notre Dame changed hands a few times before construction of the famous cathedral. Now, before that, there was a temple, you were right, Mm -hmm. and it was a temple to Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes, Jupiter, naughty, naughty Jupiter. They had and lots was... of columns and it was a re- very grand affair. Mm-hmm. Apparently there were still some of the things underneath the oh. Notre Dame, still some of the remains mm-hmm. there. And then it got transformed into a Romanesque church and ultimately uh, the foundations were laid uh, and Notre Dame Cathedral was started now, now, now. Some of the foundations and sculptures are from some of the other things that were there, that they, they kind of reused them. Oh, yeah, they yeah. put some wings on them and yeah. called them angels. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my outside voice. Oh, just just another was, warning, people. My <laughs> mood today late. is not the That's best. Too late, too late. So the foundation stone was laid by Pope Alexander III in 1163. That just blows your mind, doesn't it? 1163. Uh, there was a high altar that was consecrated in 1189. I bet you they didn't think of the high altars before the pagans, but never mind, we won't go there. Then there was the choir, the western facade, the nave. They were completed about 1250. Then there were porches, chapels and embellishments, and that went on for the next 100 years. So as mentioned... They had a porch. Porches. Yeah, did they have a rocking chair and um, whittle prob- on yeah, them and absolutely. smoke a pipe? And- absolutely. Yeah. Now, the north wing was then completed in um, 1240, just a little bit earlier. They added the south tower, which was finished about 10 years later. Uh, then um, they, they kind of say, you know, some of these things were supposed to match up, but they didn't quite. Yep. So, Oops. so some one tower is the North Tower. I think is a little bit taller. I mean, but than considering the, tower. the the era that they were building these in, it was yeah, it's a hundred years difference. God, but, it, but it's also the technology of the time is astounding. They could build a structure that size. Absolutely, they were the tallest structures in Paris until the Eiffel Tower was built in 1889. Like so. Four, five hundred years, yeah. where that was the tallest thing. Yeah. So, so trying to get nearer to God. Yes, yes. Now, 
It all got a bit of the wobblies. Oh, did it? Which now? is what, <laughs> what happens when you build big, tall things. Yeah, they got their that, wobbly boot on, too yeah, many that, sherries. Yeah, that kind of, you know, when there's wind and all of that sort of stuff ah, that happens. Yeah. Well, it, it, that happened to our church here, Christchurch, yeah. um, up on the hill in Newcastle. Yeah. They had to put something on to <gasps> stabilise it. You're excited about this, I know. Oh, You've oh, been dying to I talk about this. Oh, everyone, this is magical, but she's been dying to <laughs> say this. How did they I fix the this. problem, Renata? They put on flying buttresses. <gasps> oh, go for it, Ida. <laughs> Every architectural student will be having wet dreams about this. And I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why these flying buttresses are something that really just tickles my fancy. But so they really, do. it's just a prop to hold the ball up. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Um, and they were added in 1345. But I just, I like flying buttresses. Doesn't that sound it like... magical. Magical. It does. Yeah, but they were these things, and if you look at the, if you look at Notre Dame, what you all see are these like concrete structures that look like arms that then come up, and their fingers sort of sit on the side of the building and just caress gently, it, gently hold them, hold them in place. Oh, just stroke you so you remain ooh, erect. Ooh la la! Yeah, <laughs> hold them, hold them in Speak place. To me. I think it's beautiful, like a little French girl. <laughs> Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Now, inside the roof, which I also think is just beautiful, um, the, the naming of this, there was a roof structure, of course, and it was nicknamed the forest. Why? The forest. Because each of the beams was made up of a tree trunk. A whole oh. tree trunk. A whole tree trunk? Yes. 1,300 trees dating back to the 12th century. And each beam made up of an individual tree. Now, guess what happened in 2009 when the fire hit? 19. Poof. 2019. 2019, what did I say? Nine. Oh, 2019. Yeah, up in a puff of smoke. I know. That would have been very dried, kindled by then. Yep, yep. That just would have... Broken. I remember my seeing heart. it. Do you remember seeing it on the news going up? Yes. And I, I was. I was my, my, it took my breath away. Yeah. I was like, no, not yeah. not Notre Dame. Yeah. Yes. They've got to save this. They yes. can't let this happen to Notre Dame. Yes. Yes. And the whole world stood still. Yep. Yep. Four hundred firefighters went out that day. Four hundred. Wow. To try and save it. And I remember seeing that spire, the the top of it just. I uh, yes. Topple. Yes. And it was like, oh no. Yep. Yeah. Let's go back because we'll have people crying. I know. So there were 10 bells at Notre Dame. They were all named after saints. Saint Ding, Saint Don, (laughs) Saint Clang. So Marie, Emmanuel, Saint Tinkle, Gabrielle, Anne Genevieve, Denise, Marcel, Etienne, Benoit Joseph, Maurice, and Jean Marais. I like, the bills. I like Daphne. Was it Daphne that was in there? No. Oh, okay. No. Uh, so most, most of the original bells from the cathedral were then melted to make cannons during the French Revolution. There you no. go. Oh, yes. Tinkle went boom. And, and new bells were not installed in the cathedral until the mid-19th century. Now, the South Tower was home to the largest bell, Emmanuel, and that was installed in 1638 and it weighed 13 tonnes, but 
It's Clapper. <laughs> oh, I bet it had a big one. <laughs> Weighed 1,100 pounds. There you go. That's, mm. that's a big That's a big clapper. clapper. <laughs> I know. It's a big knocker. Now, <laughs> Slap that clapper and watch it ring. Now, Notre Dame Cathedral has witnessed more than 850 years of history. And, of course, during that time, it saw many French royal heads leave the necks of their owners <laughs> uh, and many crownings and Mary Queen of Scots married Francis II in the cathedral in 1558 um, but mostly what they say it was a church for the Parisians mm-hmm. now during the French Revolution uh, all religious buildings were a symbol of power and aggression of the church and the monarchy so they were ransacked many of the sculptures and statues were destroyed and if you can even imagine this Notre Dame was used as a food storage warehouse <gasps> no yes oh yes <laughs> then 1793 that would be bread wouldn't it <laughs> it would be in 1793 28 statues of the biblical kings on the facade of the cathedral were pulled down with ropes and decapitated by <gasps> angry mobs. Or oh, off with their heads. Off with their heads. Mm-hmm. So King Louis the 16th. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Inth had been guillotined earlier the year before. Uh, sorry, earlier that year. And they thought, well, why stop with him? Let's just get rid of all of those kings that are just sitting yeah, up there. Let's do all the statues. Yeah, let's cut them all off. So, um, yes, 21 of the 28 statues were... Uh, Oh, the heads were rediscovered. They were rediscovered. Oh, they must, someone must have hit them. Yeah. Yeah. So 1977, 21 of the 28 statues were rediscovered and they are now on display I at one if, of the nearby museums. I wonder if they were collected by a hoarder saying, honey, oh, look what I found. I found some heads. <laughs> Can I just keep them in the garage? Is it okay? <laughs> that, in, the, in the stable? That would have been my husband. I know. <laughs> No, it would have been. It would have been my husband. And do you know what? He would have saved the day when they realised what they'd done. He got. Oh, it's all right. I've saved all the heads. You can have them back yes. for a price. Yes. Yes. Mm. But would he part with them? Because it's now his stuff. This is the thing. Mm. Oh, you, you, once you've got it, you don't part with it. Yeah, that's true. Mm. So Napoleon, N- Napoleon, <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte crowned that, that himself was his younger cousin. <laughs> crowned himself emperor of France in the cathedral in 1801. I am now king. Give me my crown. Voila. I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Voila. <laughs> oh, those crazy French people. Um, the cathedral is 425 feet long, 157 feet wide, 226 feet high, including the towers. Used to. The rose windows of the cathedral have a diameter of 32 feet, which is wider than the length of a London bus. Now, much of the stained glass windows date back to the 13th century. And during World War II, they were removed for safety and reinstalled after the war. Yeah, and it survived the war. Now, pipe organs. Ooh. We had a bit of a, an issue with an organ last night, oh didn't we? Oh, my God. <laughs> we were out filming with Isaac and Claire last night for another episode of Devil's Advocate. It was a hoot. Oh, my gosh. And can I just say that Sir Jeffrey knows – sorry, I forgot the right Sir name. Trevor. Sir Trevor. Sorry, Sir Trevor knows how to handle an organ. Oh, he does. <laughs> He's got his own personal one in the house. He does. And he's on it all the time. I don't know. He must have RSI. He's on that thing just non-stop. But uh, I, I just... He doesn't care who listens. No. No, he's quite happy to demonstrate to anyone who asks. Um, and boy, he's nimble. Uh, but... We we finished off that episode in a way that I don't think we will ever be able to replicate. No, I think we're done. Um, I don't think that we can ever surpass this. So just keep an eye out for the next episode of Devil's Advocate on Isaac Butterfield's YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to sub- subscribe to the Ghost Grannies. Um, but I can guarantee you this. You will laugh until you cry when you see the ending of this. Yeah. And yes, it's meant to be a ghost hunt. Yes, yes. And um please do do not do not send in rude comments, please. Please. Um Oh, we're meant to be online with the poo bars now. Yes, that's all right. Don't oh, worry. Uh, Don't worry. So the thing about this is, I've got to finish this bit. All right, finish this bit. Yes, finish, finish it. Um, yes, uh, we did. Were out um, doing a ghost hunt yesterday, and our our, our lovely host um, he rescued a church organ from the tip, 
and installed it into his home. But this is a cathedral organ and it takes up a whole room, which is just astounding. But we're going back to Notre Dame's pipe organ. They are the largest in France and it contains almost 8,000 pipes. Which is like huge. That's a I, lot of pipes. I would. That's a love, lot of blowing. I would love to have listened to that organ. Uh, it dates back to the 18th century. Now, there are artifacts there, important religious artifacts uh, to Christianity. The Holy Crown of Thorns is there, uh, and they also have a nail. Yeah, one of the nails, apparently, that were uh, embedded and crucified, uh, or part of the crucifixion. I wonder how that got there. Yeah, and how can you guarantee that that is what it says it is? Yes, and I mean, it could still have the blood of Christ on it. Uh, that would be a good DNA thing. I know. I reckon they should uh, get out get out the DNA kit, yeah. and then they'd be have the the whole lineage. Yes, the whole lineage of yes. of JC. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be able to work out if my ancestry spit is related to him. Mm-hmm. Well, probably because you know most everyone's part of um, Cleopatra's lineage but never mind. So in the front of Notre Dame, there is a little marker there. Um, It's an eight-pointed bronze star. It's embedded in the cobblestones and it was installed in 1924. And there are words engraved on that that kind of say from this point here in front of Notre Dame is where the distance to other Parisian cities in France are marked. They they kind of go from that point on. So isn't that amazing? That's, That's how important Notre Dame is yeah. from that point. Yeah, who would have thunk, huh? Yeah, who would have thunk? Now, I have to admit that we we are running late because we're trying to do multiple things before I go on this freaking cruise, and um, we're, we're, we've actually gone live to our grand poobars who are now watching us record part of True Hauntings because we're running so late. We're, we're going to multi-skill, so they get a, like a sneak peek now of go. us recording True Hauntings. So become a grand poobar Patreon and get little surprises like this. Now, as of December 2020, over a billion dollars has been raised for the renovations. A billion. A billion. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. Um, And they're hoping to have it fixed by 2024 for the Olympic Games. I don't think it's going to happen. But... But a but, month ago... Oh, what happened a month ago? A month Tell ago, me. they uncovered tombs underneath Notre Dame. Tombs? Tombs. Two sarcophaguses. Sarcophaguses. You were, don't watch Stargate, obviously. Sarcophagi <laughs> were unearthed um, in the reconstruction work and they found a, um, a an elite cannon of the cathedral as in a boom boom no as in a person oh a person can and <laughs> so and, confused. and 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 a, a young cavalier <gasps> now i kind of and a young putting, cavalier there but, is a song somewhere i've sung about a young cavalier i'm putting two and two together should, <gasps> or should i not <laughs> Abba. Are you saying there was a fling I between don't know. the, the why, cannon and why the... would they have been discovered together so I'll, I'll just read you a little bit. Um, two lead sarcophaguses. Oh, they're lead. You know what that dis- means? Yeah, I know. Oh, they're, uh, they're keeping the, the devil in. Discovered buried under the nave of Notre Dame Cathedral. Oh, and under what, the nave? Yeah. So it was a threesome. Uh, in, um, <laughs> let me finish. No. It was described as extraordinary and emotional. 
um, and it has begun giving up the, they have begun giving up their secrets. French scientists um, say that the high priest died in 1710 after what experts appear say appeared to be a sedentary life, which meant he sat on his backside the whole time. Yeah, no problems the from that this morning too. The occupant of the second has not yet been identified and may never be because he was young, wealthy and privileged. Mm-hmm. 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 And could have lived as far back as the 14th century. Oh, so apparently there is a bit of a time lapse. There's about 300 years. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I just don't know. I Maybe, don't know. I don't know. Oh, I want to know it's more. It's a mystery. But yes. So they found these sarcophaguses. Now, um, yes, they say that um, the the um, the gentleman who was uh, a member of the church, he brushed his teeth a lot because his teeth <laughs> were very, very good. So he had and OCD. That's a, and that's a, that's a quite an interesting thing. Yeah, particularly um, for that era. <clears throat> and the uh, young man, his pelvic bones suggested he was an experienced horseman. Isn't that interesting? Either that or he's been riding something oh, else. Oh, yes. Now, there were no name plaques on the coffin which were moulded around the shape of the body and holes in the lead around the head meant the remains had been exposed to air and there had been severe deterioration. Oh. Now, isn't, isn't that like... Now, the, chronic man, the, chronic, the young man suffered from a chronic disease um, and he would have had a difficult end of life. Isn't this amazing? And the aristocrat... Also had a deform deformation, a deformation of the skull right. caused by wearing a headdress or headband as a baby. What? what did they put around this young man's head to give him a, a deformed head? This is nuts. Now, all these all these mothers that are out there putting their bows and, and fa- bandanas around their kiddies' heads. Don't tie it on too tight. No, that's, that's true. <laughs> that I get a true. headache. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So, um, mm. are you going to pull up shortly yeah, so we can talk to our poo buzz and yes. we'll come back and finish yes. this one off? Yes, I am. Well, right. that, that's about it. But I wanted to add that in because I thought that was interesting that they've been digging underneath and they found um, they're, they're starting to find all of these um, dead bodies oh, cool. under there. Now, before I start my bit, I want to talk about something that's very exciting. Mm, very close to our hearts. Very close to our hearts. So we've actually run off and recorded a tarot show in between all of this. Uh, and we've, we've come back now to finish off. But uh, there's something we've got to tell you about. Something that has been in the works for three years mm. or over three years. Yes. And it's finally happened. Mm-hmm. And it's gone off with a bang. Mm-hmm. It has. We are taking a group of crazies. And that's you people, the people who listen to us to New Orleans for a frightfully good adventure. Mm -hmm. And we are going... This is through uh, Mysterious Adventures, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Mysterious Adventures. Yeah, and we go to New Orleans for nine nights and we are going to be exploring many, many haunted locations. We're going to be sleeping in haunted locations. We are, and uh, we are your ambassadors, and this is going to be on a road trip. Now, we announced this on Monday. It's currently Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, There were 20 spots available. There are now three. There is now three. (laughs) We're we're slightly shocked, as is our gorgeous lady who's organised it for us. Um, I think everyone's shocked at how this just went nuts. So there are 
three spots left and they are shared rooms. So you've got to, you've got to find a buddy and bring them. So I'm, I'm not sure why there is three spots when there, I think there must be someone who still has to pay for their ticket. Um, but I think that means it's actually only two spots. So if you're interested in doing this, head to Mysterious Adventures and look for the frightfully good trifecta of New Orleans. And look, we've got ghost walks. We're staying at the um, Oaks Plantation. We're staying at Myrtle's Plantation. We're staying in the French Quarter. Um, we've got ghost tours. We've got workshops. It's it's just a dream for us to actually... It's a ghost hunter's dream. It's jam-packed and more. That's all I can say, jam-packed and more. There will only be a... But wait, there's more. Yeah, small period of time when you can actually go out and do some shopping. Other than that, you are being taken care of for the nine days. In actual fact, we're picking you up from the airport and we're dropping you back off at the airport. That's how well we're looking after you. Yeah. And it's going to be spectacular. It's our first time. It's my first time in New Orleans. I cannot wait. Cannot wait to do this. We do have a guide uh, with us at all times. So we are your hosts, but there is a guide who will be looking after you. You will have um, the opportunity to be on a coach the whole time. So you don't really have to worry about anything at all, except having money in your pocket because you're going to want to spend it. Yeah. So look, here gives you an idea. The golden age of the New Orleans vampires. So the Anne Rice fans will be happy. We've got, uh, um, what have we got there? We're going on a ghost walk, uh, and I'm I'm just trying to quickly scroll. Oh, look, we've got a voodoo workshop. We've got, we've got yep. one of those. I just lost it all. One of those tours <laughs> where you sit on that boaty thing that has the fanny thing the on the back of thing? it, and you go through the bayous, and the alligators try to nip your toes off. Oh, nice! One nice. of those things. We've got the voodoo. We've got witches voodoo and the dead. Uh, we've got uh, old absinthe house. Uh, we're in the garden district. We're all the old cemeteries are. Yeah, absinthe We're, makes the heart grow stronger or fonder. Yeah, and or alcohol flows freely apparently in <laughs> New Orleans, so we're going to find about that. Uh, we're also staying, as I said, <clears throat> the Myrtles. Uh, we're going to a Acadiana uh, at the Baton Rouge uh, and there is a haunted place we're staying at. There is a tuber- tuberculosis hospital that turned into a jail for the criminally insane. Doesn't get any better? Really? Check out this tour. Mysterious Adventures. Frightfully Good New Orleans. And we leave on the 3rd of October and we finish up on the 13th of October if I remember correctly. Yeah. Was it the 4th? 4th to the 13th? No, 13th. Yeah, and look, if you're told that it's full up at the moment, ask to go on a wait list. Yep. Because lots of things can still happen between. We don't want anything to happen, but things do happen between now and then. And so, if you're first on that wait list, you get the chance to come on um, and take part in this. But look, we've we've rattled on for so long. Yes, but, let's get um, back to if the, you miss out on this tour. There's more coming. There will be more coming next year. So um, just hang on to your knickers because this this is going to be awesome. Anyway, back to Notre Dame in mm-hmm. France mm-hmm. and on to the ghost stories. Now, 
there wasn't a huge amount of specific ghost stories. There were a lot of mentions of the places very haunted. Um, there's the the spectres of the people who worked on the building. There's the spectres of the people who died there. There's the spectres of the people that are buried there. Um, but no specific names. That There is one great story mm-hmm. about the devil Ooh. and Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was somebody who was commissioned to build the front door for Notre Dame and the church was being very picky about what they wanted and this poor man who was trying to design the most fabulous thing that the rest of the world would be jealous about kept submitting design after design after design and the church kept knocking him back saying no not good enough not special enough do better Um, so after many failed attempts, mm-hmm. the man resorted to prayer. So he, he prayed to God and asked, could he, they please help him find the best design that the church would approve? Mm-hmm. Prayers weren't answered. No. Didn't get, didn't get no. boo. And anything he presented, they still didn't like. So you know what he did then? What did he do? He turned to Satan. Oh, no. To the devil and said, well, if God's not going to answer me, Maybe the devil will. So it seemed that the devil actually wanted to help. And uh, now there's a couple of different stories. There is one where they said that he put forward an elaborate design inspired by Satan Mm -hmm. that pleased the church. Now there was uh, another story that said he, this person went to sleep afterwards and he was trying to make these doors and when he awoke the doors were created that the devil did it for him but I'll, i'll go on with this little particular one here it said shortly after the doors were created and then stalled they towered with a special type of magnificence but there was one small problem the doors could not be opened by any amount of force Well, that's a bit useless. Yeah, when the workers went to consult the iron worker about the doors, guess what? What? He was dead. Oh, no. Dead inside his apartment. Mm. He had hanged himself and left behind a letter suggesting that the doors be doused in holy water because they would not open for anyone. Mm. They needed to be sanctified because the devil had made them. So... They went and got bucket loads, bucket loads of holy water and they wetted the doors solidly and then the doors pried open with ease. (laughs) So the front entrance door to the Notre Dame Cathedral supposedly linked to the devil. Some people have claimed to cite the apparition of the said iron worker, usually sitting in front of the doors he created after making a deal with the devil. Others claim that a little homage to Satan appears hidden within the door's design. If you look closely and inspect the iron swirls on the door, you will see something that looks very similar to 666. Oh, everyone go and find that. And when you find the picture, 
Send it to us. We've got to post it on the... uh, Two Hornings Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. Please do. Please do. The first one to do that will get a bit of a prize. Oh, will they now? Yes. (laughs) We'll work something out. Yes. Go and find those swirls that look like 666 on the door. Now... And uh, yes, I've got a question about that, Renata. So, when, when was the cathedral created? Um, well, it was uh, f- the first uh, stone was placed in eleven sixty three, I yeah. believe. Yeah, and it took about two hundred years to build. Okay, when did six 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 become a thing about Satan? Um, Wasn't that in a movie? Possibly, I don't know. I'd have to Google that. Oh, Dr. Google. Let's let, All right, let's pause and we're going to Dr. Google. Here we go. Well, it seems we stand corrected. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, yes. All right, so we're, what's the story with 666? Yes, so the number 666 is identified as the number of the beast as mentioned in the book of Revelations. Yes, oh, well, in the King James Version. Now, didn't he make shit yes, up? Yes, he did. So it's, it's <laughs> of course, we all know that the Bible is nonfiction. Um, it's, uh, it's word for word, gospel true. What happened? A gospel. <laughs> Do you get that joke there? Mm-hmm. The occurrence um, of 666 is sometimes viewed as an invocation of Satan and regarded as cursed. Oh, I wonder what the Chinese say to that. I wonder what whether they're, that this, the number six. So you're going to have to send us messages. Whether um, the number six is... We'll get Daniel um, onto it. Is... Yeah, important, (laughs) important um, for the Chinese. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, all different um, uh, places around the world have different meanings for different things. But, yeah, there you go. King James said, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. And his number is 600, three score and six. Did you know that Nostradamus predicted the blaze of Notre Dame? Did he? Apparently. Yeah. There's some sort of claim that Nostradamus predicted the blaze. I'm not sure about that either. As I said, I am not fully prepared for this episode. It's been a shocker this week. Absolute shocker, but we're determined to get something out. All right. Now, there was also something about holy relics and miracles. I thought that'd be something that's a bit magical to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not sure. I think they saved most of these in the fire. And I know there was some special cross that survived it. Um, we saw it, them running out of the building with things. Yeah, yeah. But now, remember I mentioned a nail and, yes, that's goodness right. gracious me, the crown of thorns. The crown of thorns worn by Jesus is in there. A piece of the true cross, a crucifixion nail. Um, uh, and there is supposed to be a drip of blood, the the blood of Christ on the crown of thorns. The fragile relic is encased in a crystal ring held together by clasps of gilded bronze. Yes, we'll put a picture up on of that. Mm-mm-mm. That looks that looks very special. Again, DNA people, DNA. Oh, that's right. We we're talking about that. Yeah, obviously I was listening. My head is pounding. I'm doing well. I'm I'm hanging in there. But one thing you did mention um, that and that surprised me. I never thought of it is that a lot of people have taken their own lives. Yes. At Notre Dame. Yes. Which is like, yeah, it's strange, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, dozens and dozens of people yeah. have killed themselves. Uh, there seems to be two um, particular ways that they they will. Now, look, we get, trigger we're going to put warning, a, trigger warning. This is going to be because I've got a story to tell, which is quite horrific. I almost used it as a soundscape, but it, it was just 
too horrifying. So mm-hmm. if you find that when we are talking about suicide and self-harm, please turn off now because uh, this is going to get a little bit serious here and we don't want anyone to be um, triggered into doing something that may they may regret later yeah, on. Yeah, this is not a good idea, yeah. in other words. All right. Not a good idea. Seek some medical assistance or some counselling if you are feeling fragile. So there was two ways that people would um, particularly take their lives here. One was to walk up to the towers and throw themselves off. Uh, the other, apparently, is to go up to the altar in the middle of the mass and uh, blow your brains out. Yeah, so sad. That's that's a statement, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, I I feel the ones who were jumping off the roof um, could have been any sort of trauma, but the ones who were going and doing that in such a public fashion... Mm-hmm. They're making what, a statement. What has happened to them that they yeah. needed to do that in such a dramatic fashion? Mm. Yeah. And I just... I, they, I just feel so sorry for them. I, they were driven to that moment. Um, females are uh, the, the the majority majority of them, but there was one particular death that was graphic, and this is almost what I use for the soundscape. The death of Marie Felix in 1882 is probably the most famous because it is the goriest. The specifics are so graphic that in the week following Marie's death. 25,000 Parisians visited the morgue per day just for the chance to view her mangled corpse. Mm. Although her name is forgotten by most, her suicide is the reason most cited to explain any paranormal activity within the cathedral. Marie is described in the newspapers as a beautiful young woman with extraordinarily long hair arranged in two thick braids which she wore rolled around her head. She was first noticed by the cathedral's security staff one October morning as she impatiently paced about the cathedral for about two hours. Some say she was denied access to the towers without a chaperone, so she was most likely desperately seeking someone to accompany her. As it happened, she would finally meet an elderly lady that morning whom she kindly invited to lunch. After Marie provided the unnamed lady with a nice lunch at a local restaurant, they returned to the cathedral at 2pm, ostensibly to gaze upon Paris from the vantage point of the towers. However, an unexpectedly heavy downpour forced them to take shelter in the watchman's sentry box. Then suddenly, for no apparent reason, Marie made a mad dash and before anyone could stop her, she climbed the parapet, flinging herself forward. Poor Marie immediately fell upon the spikes atop one of the railings, which sliced her body in half at the oh, waist. dear. The lower half flew backwards <sighs> onto the flat flags of the porch oh. while the upper half remained impaled. Oh. Her body was broken completely into pieces by the shock upon the stones. According to another article... Uh, Marie was later identified as the daughter of a local tradesman. Her family attested that Marie had often threatened suicide and that her actions were not due to any recent disappointments. The coroner's post-mortem findings included lesions on the brain, which were thought at the time to confirm that Marie suffered from suicidal monomania, just as her relatives had claimed. Well, poor darling. So she had some sort of 
um, yes. growths in the brain that just made her focus on suicide. Yeah. That's all she could think about. Yep. Wow. And people lined up to have a look at her body. 25,000 a day. A day? Mm. Wow. So she, there are reports of two shadowy figures that are seen up in the, the turrets in the upper areas. And it's sort of like as soon as you see them, they dash behind something. Mm-hmm. So nobody can quite work out who they are. They're not named, but they think it's one of the, the, the suicide victims. There was a, another story of another uh, a 21-year-old um, who leapt from the towers, dashed to the pieces on the street below, um, and she that was because of love. Mm-hmm. And this is what we need to understand with these things is that um, you you may be torn apart at that time that these things happen. But if you can just wait and allow time, you will feel better. I'm not going to say healed, but go talk to someone rather than doing something desperate that there is no coming back from. Mm. Uh so, um, yeah, I, there's a few other stories there, but I really don't want to go too much into that, apart from to say that there there are a lot of suicides there. Um, so and Again, it's something that I wouldn't have thought about. No. Um, I mean, when we're looking at the ghosts of a place like that, so much history has gone down around that area. Um, of Paris, as in all of France, and you would think there would be a number of spirits there that are still seeking sanctuary because churches were supposed to be a place of sanctuary. When you walked in the doors, you were supposed to feel safe and protected, and probably many people walked through those doors throughout the 800 years that this place has been there and looked for sanctuary and um, been protected in some way, shape or form. Um, so I think as in your soundscape, that person, Teresa, yeah. felt that there were thousands of spirits behind her. I dare say she's about right. Oh, I just scrolled down and saw some things in that that article there which I'm glad I didn't read any further Um, anyway uh, I'm going to finish off with uh, a TripAdvisor review because we always love a good TripAdvisor review Mm -hmm. Um, and this review was from the uh, March 2016 and it's titled Definitely Haunted Review of the Towers of Notre Dame Cathedral This place is amazing and beautiful Pretty sure it's haunted though The over the loudspeaker almost sent me into utter panic as I was sure it was the voice of God. (laughs) I'd say people were getting a little bit noisy in there and somebody has said, be quiet. Yes. Anyway, I'm sorry that I I haven't bought many more stories. It's actually, I I didn't have enough time and um, what I did find was regurgitated and I went through the first 10 pages of Google and couldn't find anything and then it was like we have to record now or we're not going to do it so I hope you've enjoyed what we've presented Renata's um, part was fascinating and um, <laughs> and look this actually does go to show that we do all of our own research yep. we, we prepare each and every single story we pick the bits that uh, we want to share with you uh, no one does this for us people have tried and, they, and they've kind of gotten over it in one 
thing and gone, this is way too hard. Or or they um, <laughs> don't go into enough detail. Yeah. They just skim those couple of stories with no guts to yeah. it, a bit so, like what I've done tonight. <laughs> so we do go deeply searching. It does take us quite a few hours to present a story. Yeah. Um, we do hope that... You've enjoyed this one as much as possible. Um, we wanted a continuum. We didn't want to stop and have a week off. Yeah, um, because and- we probably will have to have a week, uh, a couple of weeks off further down the track. So we wanted to keep these ones going. So when you listen to this one, I will have just walked off the cruise ship and we'll be frantically recording again once I get off. Yes. But look, we're going to leave it now. Uh, thank you for those who support us uh, in every way you do, whether it be financially or just by sharing us around or by subscribing or leaving us a review. Every little bit helps and we appreciate you guys for being here. We want you to stay spooky, see you on the dark side and be frightfully good. Bye, Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and YouTube or visit their website www.annandrenata.com What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.